Today I want to speak to you on the topic of getting back up. Getting back up. The reason why this is so important to preach on is because no matter how long you've been saved, no matter how much you've accomplished for the kingdom of God, no matter how mightily God is using you, it is not a question of if you will fall down at times, but when. And it's in those moments of our life that you have to decide, are you going to stay down or are you going to get back up again? My Bible says that a righteous man falls down seven times, but rises again. And you might have been knocked down, but do not let the enemy knock you out. And I want to preach on the topic this morning, get back up. Would you pray with us this morning? Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit that we sense and feel in this place today. God, I ask that you would anoint me to minister your word to your people today, God, that you would anoint our ears to hear what you want to say to us, God. Lord, if there's anyone that's been knocked down, Lord, may this be the day that they get back up and pursue the purpose that you have placed upon their life, that they would fulfill the destiny, Lord, that you have predestined for their life. Lord, we ask, God, that you would have your way in this place. And, Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory and we give you thanks. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen Amen. and amen. I'd like for you to turn with me this morning to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 7, beginning in verse 3. 2 Kings chapter 7 and verse 3, it says, Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say that we will enter the city, the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. It sounds like two terrible options to me. Have you ever been in that place where you got two options and both of them are absolutely terrible? Maybe you're in that place right now today. Now, therefore, come... And let us just surrender to the army of of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. Sounds pretty optimistic there. We need some more people like that around us. Amen. (laughs) Now I want to give you the scenario here. Here are four lepers that are starving to death in Samaria. God's people, God's church is locked up in Samaria and there is a famine and there is no way out of the gate. They are stuck inside and the Syrians, which were the enemy, they were camped right outside waiting for them to pounce on them. The Syrians, they saw no use in fighting them. I mean, why lose any men, right? And these four lepers, they thought to themselves, if we go into the city, there's a famine and we won't make it. And if we sit still here, we're not going to make it. I've got an idea. Let's go into the camp of the enemy. I I can smell their food all the way from here. And they're desperate. And so they say, let's go into the camp of the enemy. They might kill us, but at least there's a chance that they'll keep us alive. You see, these four lepers, they they got fed up, and then they wised up, and then they rose up. I'll say that again. They got fed up. 
and then they wised up, and then they rose up. Sometimes you got to get fed up with your situation, and then you got to wise up and know that God can bring you out of that situation, and then you've got to rise up and stand upon the promise of God and say that I know that God is going to make a way for me. I know that God is going to provide for me. I know that God is going to bring me through. I think some of y'all have gotten used to the devil beating you up. You got to get fed up with the devil and say, I know I'm a child of God. I know that God has called me for such a time as this. I'm not going to stay down, but devil, you are defeated and I'm going to walk in everything that God has promised me. If you believe that, can you give God a hand clap of praise this morning? Now, before I move on, let me mention that these four leprous men, they were outside of the gate. They were outcasts. They weren't allowed into the church, I mean the gates, because they had a contagious disease. They didn't want that around. And just like you, when you get something from God, you're considered an outcast. They don't even want you in the church. They say you make too much noise. They don't like all that shouting. They say you don't have to make all that noise. You can just sit down and be quiet and go somewhere else. The welcome mat has been turned over. You know what I'm talking about this morning. You're considered a leper because you're not a graduate of seminary, but you used to be a drug addict bound by sin. But God delivered you and set you free. He washed all your sins away. He called you to preach. He put words in your mouth. And you want to get, if you want to get out, you ought to tell the world that Jesus is not dead, but Jesus is alive. It doesn't matter who tries to shut you up. God has called you for such a time as this. Hallelujah. Can somebody shout yes in this place this morning? People may look down on you because of your past, but God says, I make all things new. Hallelujah. If you want to sit there and die, help yourself. But thank God for these four lepers that got fed up. My question for you is what are you going to do when you get boxed in? What are you going to do when you're facing two decisions and both of them seem like terrible decisions? What are you going to do when it feels like your back is up against the wall? And I know that, hey, uh, some people will tell you that once you get saved, it's going to be smooth sailing and you're not going to hit any turbulence in your, your plane or whatever the case. But that's not what my Bible teaches. I believe that God allows us to end up in situations where in the natural it feels hopeless and you've got to call upon Jesus and say, God, without a miracle I'm not going to make it Lord if you don't move I'm not coming through Lord if you don't do something there's no hope for me and that's when God can step in and you'll know that what God is doing is him and not you the greatest thing is to say God I can't because when you say I can't that opens up the door for God to say I can and so you've got to surrender your situation to God and believe God to bring you through amen hallelujah Somebody said, I'm boxed in right now. My back is up against the wall. You feel like you're locked into the thing and there's no way out. I'm here to tell you that there is a way out of your dilemma, that you don't have to stay in that situation. There is a way out. There is an enemy that out there that is looking to devour you, but you don't run from the devil. If there's anybody who's going to run, it's going to be him because you've got victory over death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. And God said that one can put a thousand to flight and two of you can put ten thousand to flight 
And so if you just sit there and pout and moan, I tell you this, the devil will try to take you out. If you just stay and, and just mope around and, and just talk depressed and talk defeated, the devil is going to try to destroy you. You've got to speak the word of God. What does the word of God say? The Bible says that you are free. The Bible says that you are delivered. The Bible says that you are healed. It's time to stand upon the word of Almighty God. If you believe that, can you give God a shout of praise? Hallelujah. You've got to get up out of that pity and you've got to step out on his word and lay claim to the promise. God said that every bit of ground that the soles of your feet shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. It's time to get up. It's time to move out. And it's time to say to the devil, I've had enough. You're not going to kill me. I made up my mind and I'm going to have everything that God promised me. Hallelujah. I'm not going to let the devil keep me shut up in the prison house. you got to get fed up with the devil and say, I'm I'm not going to let the devil keep me in depression. I'm not going to let the devil keep me in bondage. I'm not, not going to let the devil keep me in addiction. I'm not going to let the devil keep me in poverty and fear. No, devil, I'm fed up with you. I'm a child of the Most High King. I know who I am. My name has been written down in the Lamb's of the Book of Life. My sins have been washed away. Hallelujah. It's not God's will for you to live in the prison house of your past. That's not God's voice over your life. That's not the word of God. It's time to turn away from your past. It's time to lay behind the failure and mistake and say, I know that I'm washed. I know that I'm forgiven. I know that I'm cleansed. I know that I am on my way to heaven. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You don't have to live in that mess. You don't have to live in sin. You don't have to be bound by the devil. You don't have to be poor. God wants to get you out of that mess and put you on higher ground. There is a way out of your dilemma. Hallelujah. I'm sorry I don't have any bad news to give you today. I'm a preacher of good news. And the good news is the bad news is all wrong. Amen. I'm going to say that again. The good news is the bad news is all wrong. We're a preacher of good news. We're a preacher. We are preachers of redemption. We are preachers of hope. We are preachers of restoration. The gospel is good news. Amen. Sometimes preachers, all they want to preach on is the bad news. But the good news overrides the bad news. The bad news is we're messed up and we're sinners. The good news is Jesus died on the cross and washed away every sin. Amen. And we ought to emphasize the greatest news. The gospel isn't just good news. It is the greatest news. So you don't have to live in that bondage anymore. Why? Because my elder brother died on the cross 2,000 years ago in order that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And all you've got to do is believe in him. Hallelujah. And where the famine is, God is, has a table spread out in the wilderness, and he will feed you until you want no more. He will make a way when there is no way. He will make provision when there is no provision. He will bring healing when there is no healing. That's the kind of God that you serve. The question is, is do you believe? Hallelujah. Do you believe that God not only is able, but God is willing to bring you out of that dilemma that you're in today? You might say, well, I don't feel like there's any light at the end of the tunnel. I don't see any way through this thing. Maybe you've been struggling for years and things just seem bleak and they just seem hopeless. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. 
And that light is Jesus. He said, I am the light of the world. And he brings light to that depression. He brings light to that despair. He brings light to that hopelessness. All you've got to do is look to Jesus. Amen. I want to talk about something that I don't think I've ever really taught on before. And that's the the concept of trauma. You know, trauma, emotional trauma is something that a lot of people have faced in their life. And, you know, trauma, it's a relatively newer word. It was only uh, started in English in the 1600s, but it comes from a a Greek word meaning a wound. And, you know, so many people have faced trauma in their life. They feel wounded on the inside, wounded spiritually, wounded emotionally, wounded mentally, and they feel like they're always going to be bound by that thing in their life. That they're always going to be bound by that trauma. And it seems like any time they start to look to the future and any time they try to believe God for the future, it's like their mind doesn't stop going back to what happened in the past and what they went through in the past. You know, I believe that God created our emotions to drive us to action and to live our lives in healthy connections and relationships with God and with one another. But the enemy looks to deceive us when it comes to our emotions. And his goal is to damage our effectiveness in our relationships and create an experience other than what God has intended. And when emotional trauma seems to own your life, you ought to ask God to separate it from you and reveal your true identity in him. I believe that a personal relationship with Jesus is where healing from emotional trauma begins. And maybe you've gone through trauma in your life and you haven't talked to anybody about it. Maybe you feel like if you talk to people about trauma you've gone through, that people will judge you or whatever the case, but God knows what you have been through. And there are countless stories of emotional trauma in the Bible. I know that that word trauma, that English word, you may not see in the Bible, but there are countless stories throughout the word of God of men and women of God who went through emotional trauma. David struggled with troubling thoughts and despair in Psalm chapter 38 and verse 4. He said, for my iniquities have gone over my head. He said like a heavy burden they are too heavy for me elijah in first kings chapter 19 verse 4 19 verse 4 <coughs> was discouraged and worn down but he, he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die and he said it is enough now lord take my life for i am no better than my father's so elijah right after he saw a great victory he was so depressed that he was asking God to take his life from him. Maybe there's someone right now and you just feel so hopeless right now. And the enemy has told you, you might as well just take your life. The devil has told you there's no way out of this thing. The devil has told you you're always going to be bound by that thing. The devil's telling you he's got you and there's no way to freedom. I want you to know that the devil is a liar and there is hope in Jesus Christ. And you don't have to take your life today. You can get back up by the grace of God and you can live in victory over that thing in your life. Hallelujah. Job suffered great grief and loss and illness and he said in job chapter 3 and verse 11 i know some people in our day will not read the book of job because it's spelled job but it's a very important book to read job chapter 3 and verse 11 i was gonna make a joke and i'm like lord should i make this joke you know 
I'm going to make the joke. Some women, you know, they complain that certain ice cream machines don't work at McDonald's, but they've been dating the same guy for three years who won't work. Hey, I, I ran that by the Holy Ghost this morning. I didn't feel convicted about it, so I hope it blessed you here today. Amen. Job chapter 3 and verse 11, Job said, why did I not die at birth? And why did I not perish when I came from the womb? So Job was so depressed, he asked God, God, why didn't I die in the womb? And if I didn't die in the womb, why couldn't I have just died right after birth? And you know, when it comes to trauma, you ought to recognize the lie and meditate on the truths contained in the word of God to help you break the stronghold of emotional trauma in your life. The enemy says that you will never get past this emotion or event. But God said he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge and that his truth shall be your shield and your buckler that you shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that walks in the darkness nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 10 says but may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while perfect establish strengthen and settle you the enemy says that God doesn't care about your emotions but Jesus said come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light God said cast all your care upon him why because he cares for you the enemy says that God can't be good, that he causes confusion and emotional trauma that you've experienced. But the word of God says that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. The enemy says that the trauma you experience is your fault and you will live with it forever. But God says, therefore, if anyone uh, is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. Maybe the enemy is saying because of your sin of the past, you're always going to be bound by this trauma. But he said I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and I will remember your sins no more and so it's important to understand that the enemy's desire is to use your past emotional trauma and experiences to infiltrate your thought life with negativity he wants to keep you from moving forward from experiencing the freedom that you have available to you through Christ because if he can keep your thoughts swirling then he can keep you stuck in the past rather than moving forward in what Jesus has for your future and the Bible is clear the only way to overcome the enemy is by believing the truth that is found in the Word of God use the Word of God as your weapon to tear down strongholds that are linked to emotional trauma in your life if you want to overcome that trauma that emotional trauma you ought to remind yourself of what God's Word says and the Bible says that 2,000 years ago Jesus died on the cross so that you could overcome this world and every everything that you face in this world and if you believe that this morning I want you to give God a shout of praise it's time to get back up I said it's time to get back up I said it's time to get back up I said it's time to get back up don't let the devil keep you down get back up by the grace of God and say I'm going forth in the mighty name of Jesus hallelujah give God a shout of praise in this place this morning hallelujah get back up get back up get back up, get back up. Get back up.
grace of God. Hallelujah. The devil wants to keep you down, but Jesus says, no, I'm going to get you back up. I'm going to lift you up by my grace. I'm the lifter of your head, and Jesus will give you the grace that you need to take another day and to take another step forward. Amen. Don't stay down. Get back up. Paul the Apostle, who is a man of God, a man that wrote half of your New Testament. He was saved. He was born again, but he failed, and he fell many times. You know, many people think that Romans chapter 7 was the Apostle Paul before he got saved. When Paul was struggling with sin, some people think that was before he was born again. That's not the case. This was after Paul was saved, and he didn't know how to live for God, and he was li living dominated to the sinful nature. And, you know, the, the, one of the reasons why we know that is the Bible says that Paul, that the things that he wanted to do, he could not do, and the things that he hated to do, he found himself doing. How many people do you know who aren't saved that want to live for God? How many people do you know who aren't saved that want to live free from sin? It's once you're saved that God changes your desire and then you want to live holy and you want to live righteous. And so Paul, he was saved. He was born again. And I find it interesting because he said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, he said, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. And then he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9, he said, for I'm the least of the apostles. He said, I am unworthy to be called an apostle. Because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not in vain. And so Paul realized that it was only through the grace of God that he could even be used by God. And, you know, sometimes God has to break us, and sometimes God wants to humble us. I like what Miss Janetta put out on social media, that we all want God's anointing, but very few of us want the pressing that produces the oil in our life. If you want the anointing of God, if you want the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you know how it comes? It comes through the oil press. It comes through being pressed. And that's when the oil of the Holy Spirit comes out. I remember there's a great anointed preacher one time preaching somewhere, and there's a guy that was on the edge of the, his seat the whole service and just captivated by the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit that was upon his preaching. And at the end of the service, he went up to that preacher, and he said, I want you to, to pray for me that I might have the same anointing as you. And he said, okay. And he laid hands on him. He said, God, I pray that this man goes through heartbreak. I, I, hope, I hope he gets struck by lightning. This kid said, what are you doing? He said, in order for you to have what I have, you've got to go through what I went through. You've you got to be careful what you pray for because if you want to be used by God and you want the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it comes through being broken over and over and over and over and over again. Hallelujah. When, when Jesus fed the multitude first, he blessed the bread. And we love when God blesses us and you get saved and you say, I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. Every day that I live, I am blessed. From when I wake up in the morning till I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. 
But then you got to go through the breaking. And the Bible says that Jesus broke the bread. And it wasn't until he broke the bread that it began to multiply. And the more that he broke it, the more it multiplied. You see, the blessing is in the breaking. And if you want God to bless you, you've got to let God break you. You can't have the blessing without the breaking. You've got to let God break you over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. But I promise you it will be worth it because when it's all said and done, the oil of the Holy Spirit can flow freely through you and in you. Hallelujah. How many of you are thankful for that this morning? And you know, Paul, he said, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but you are under grace. And the reason why Paul was living in failure and defeat was because he was trying to live by the law and he was trying to mix grace with law. And how many of you know you cannot mix law and grace? The moment you try to mix law with grace, it's no longer grace, it's law. And Paul, he was living in failure because he was trying to overcome sin through his own strength. But finally, Paul came to the revelation of how to live free from sin and how not only to get back up, but how to stay up. And that's in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, where he said, there is therefore now no condemnation. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, there is therefore now. I want you to take note of that word now. There is therefore now no condemnation. How many of us, we think in our own carnal thinking when we mess up that next week we'll no longer be condemned? After we go to church next Sunday, that there will be no more condemnation. There is therefore, after Sunday morning, no more condemnation. There is therefore, next year, no more condemnation. No, he said there is therefore now. You know what now means in the Greek? It means now. I promise you, look it up. It's in the Greek. Pull it up on Google. It's the greatest source of information. Second source is Facebook. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And then he said this in verse two. He said, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death, it will not yield to willpower. It will not yield to self-effort. It will not yield to legalism. It will not yield to tradition. It will not yield to the law, whether it's the Old Testament law or our own man-made laws. It says for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death will only yield to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And so if you want to live free from sin, it comes through the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Well, how do I walk in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus? By simple faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done for you at the cross. When you have your faith right, that law will automatically be in effect and it will give you victory over the sin that is in your life. You don't have to stay in that sin this morning. You don't have to just say, you know what? I've always been bound by this thing. I'm always going to be. No, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. It's time to get back up by the grace of God and give it another day and say, Lord, I believe that you have given me the victory. I'm not staying down. I'm getting back up by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Now, I see some angel halos in here and angel wings and, 
And I, I know some of y'all don't struggle since you've been saved. But there are others here that realize that we're still messed up and need the grace and mercy of God. And John said in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8, that if we say that we have no sin, that we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But then he said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and then cleanse us from some of our unrighteousness. <laughs> to cleanse you from most of your unrighteousness. Except for that person that cut you off on the way to church and you said things you shouldn't. That, uh, that's an unpardonable sin. No, he said he would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He says that if we say that we have not sinned, then we make him a liar and that his word is not, on, is not in us. You got to get back up by the grace of God. Those four lepers, they said, we're getting back up. You thought I forgot about the four lepers. Nope, no way. They said, we're getting back up. We're not going to stay here. They said, if we go in the camp, then there's a 100% chance we're going to die because there's a famine. And if we go into the enemy's camp, there's a 99.9999999% chance we're going to die. But at least there's a chance. At least there's a 0.0000001 chance that we'll make it. And you know what they said? They said, we're going to take that chance. We're, we're going to move forward any way that we can. It might not look good right now. It might look hopeless right now. But we're taking another step forward. And the Bible says that when these four lepers, go, if you go with me to, uh, back, to second, back to the book of Kings in verse 5, it says, and they rose up at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses. And so as these four lepers started walking toward the enemy's camp, God took his heavenly microphone and he placed it down at the feet of these four lepers. And all of a sudden, the enemy heard the noise of thousands of soldiers and horses headed their way. And the Bible says that the enemy fled from the camp. I want you to know this morning, if God be for you, who can be against you? If God is for you, what devil in hell can be against you? If God be for you, who can be against you? God is with you, and he shall fight your battles. Hallelujah. Bible says they walked into the enemy's camp and they started taking their clothes and putting on the, the Gucci and the Dior's and the Prada and the Louis Vuitton, all, the, all that stuff. The nice robes and the, all the jewelry and God just began to bless their life. They ate the barbecued ribs and the crawfish and the, all that good stuff, Louisiana food. And God blessed their life and God provided for his people. Amen. And maybe you're in that same place where you say, you know, if I go this way, there's no hope. And if I go that way, there's not much hope. There's a, a glimmer of hope. Well, the Holy Spirit will help you see the silver lining. And even when it seems like there's no way through, if you put that situation in the hands of God, 
then God is able to bring you out of that situation. It says that they went into the camp and there was no man there. For the Lord had made the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the enemy thought they were outnumbered. Wherefore they arose and they fled. I want you to know today that many are the, the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. That word all, it means every single one without the exception of any. And so just as he brought you through in the past, he can bring you through right now. I know that your enemies might be laughing at you right now because you messed up. I like what Micah chapter 7 and verse 8 says. It says, do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. Don't rejoice over me, you devil. I know I'm a child of God, and I'm not staying in this pit. I'm getting back up by the grace of God. And I know that God is going to bring me through. I know that God has made a way for me. I know that I'm going to come out on the other side if you believe that can you give God a hand clap of praise this morning hallelujah 